We are kicking off our Advent series entitled Christmas Nostalgia when the world is upside down. We need a lot more stories like that. Um, Christmas reminds us that Jesus gets us through all things. Uh, this rings especially true for the year 2020. Uh, we could all use some good old-fashioned Christmas nostalgia. And so we're going to use this Advent season uh, to remember the feel-good moments of Christmas's past and to cling to the hope that the baby born in the manger still brings to us today. Uh, most years, Christmas uh, comes way too fast. This year, it couldn't come fast enough. Uh, local radio stations have been playing Christmas music 24-7 since Halloween. Uh, people have Christmas lights up on their homes, it seems, earlier. Uh, I've seen more Christmas trees up earlier uh, this year, too. Um, we are more welcoming of Christmas traditions this year than we have been normally. Um, one tradition that we haven't done here at TFRC for, we were talking about it earlier this morning, probably at least a decade um, now, is the Advent wreath. Uh, the Advent wreath is a Christian tradition that dates back hundreds of years, and the wreath helps us focus on the coming of Christmas. It prepares us for the coming of Christ. Uh, the wreath, you'll notice it has five candles. Each candle symbolizes an aspect of Jesus' birth, and we light one candle each week. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the prophet Isaiah that's in the Old Testament, and we'll be turning to Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, the candle that was lit this morning uh, was the prophecy candle, the prophet's from long ago spoke about the birth of Christ and they spoke of hope and expectation of the coming Messiah. Uh, in particular, the prophet Isaiah spoke quite a bit about the Messiah, his coming and his birth. Our scripture reader for this morning is uh, Matt Rickards. And so Matt, if you can make your way on up to the podium as he does, I'm gonna ask if you are able to please stand and face the center of the room uh, we read from the center of the room as a reminder to us that Scripture should be central in our lives, and we stand because we believe that this is the Word of God. And so, Matt, whenever you're ready, please read from Isaiah 40, verses 3 to 5. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Matt, thank you very much. You may be seated. Um, I'm sure all of us have different traditions. We celebrated and practiced uh, growing up in our families. As a kid, my family celebrated something called St. Nicholas Day. Anyone in this room ever celebrate St. Nicholas Day? Not Christmas, St. Nicholas Day. One person. Between the two services, you're the only other person uh, who celebrates St. Nicholas Day. I grew up Catholic and, and also in the Midwest, and so I'm pretty sure it was a localized regional practice. Uh, but St. Nicholas Day is December 6th. And on December 6th, we would wake up to all sorts of goodies in our stockings. It was like an early Christmas warm-up. 
In addition to candy and toys, um, we would usually find a popcorn ball. Uh, Love those homemade popcorn balls. We would have that in our stocking. And then we would also get an orange, which may sound kind of lame, but in the winter in the Midwest growing up, having an orange was actually pretty cool. Um, As a child, Christmas could never arrive fast enough. Um, And so St. Nicholas Day was a welcome beacon for me. It meant that Christmas was not far off. It was a little taste of what was uh, to come. And it got me excited. It got me sort of in that Christmas mindset for the decorating and the trees and all the different things we were gonna do at school. Um, the mundane life of school has sort of had been changed because it was officially Christmas season. And it seemed like there was this excitement in the air, although it might only have been in me, but it was just a really cool time uh, growing up. And that's the power of hope. Hope is the expectation of something good is going to happen. The expectation that something good is going to happen. For a child, it was a simple sign that Christmas is coming. For me, it was St. Nicholas Day. Uh, For the people of Israel, it was the words of the prophets telling of the coming of the Messiah. The prophets told of something good that was going to happen. It was a proclamation of hope. As it says in verse 3 of the passage, a voice of one calling In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The locations mentioned in verse 3 are worth noting. A voice calling. Not a voice calling in the palace. Not a voice calling in the city gates. Not even a voice calling in the temple. But a voice calling in the wilderness. In the desert. If you find yourself in the wilderness, (laughs) that is not a good place to be. You are not safe in the wilderness. The wilderness is a place where you wander. It's a picture of being lost. Not sure where you are, not sure where you are going. That's the wilderness. Um, The desert isn't any better. It's hot in the desert. There's not much water in the desert. It's hard to survive in the desert. Like the wilderness, the desert knocks you off balance. It makes you question what is happening in your life. Um, At the Thanksgiving service, Pastor John uh, talked about what a shell-shocked year 2020 has been. It's been a historically bad year. Um, A famous boxing champion once said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Well, we all had plans last for this last year, right? And then 2020 punched us in the face. And we aren't sure which way is up. Well, this was true for the Israelites at the very first Christmas. They had lost their independence to the Romans. The Romans, who were the bad guys? Um, The Romans didn't honor the Lord. They had no respect for God. And yet they were on top of the world. They, the Romans, 
were calling the shots. And the Israelites, God's people, called to show the glory of God to the rest of the world. They were beaten and oppressed and knocked down. They were in the wilderness, in the desert. And in their eyes, the world was upside down. And when you find yourself in those places and you're not sure which way is up, what you need is some hope. In the wilderness, in the desert, there is a voice saying, prepare the way of the Lord. Make a highway for our God. Proverbs 23 says, there is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. Look, I don't know where you find yourself this morning. I don't know how upside down you're feeling right now. But in the wilderness, in the desert, in those moments when you're not sure which way is up, you have to believe this. You have to cling to this. Surely, there is surely a future hope for you. And your hope will not be cut off. The prophets remind us that God is on his way. And at Christmas, we relive the birth of Jesus. And we are reminded of the hope that the child in the manger brings. We call this season Advent. Advent means arrival. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. And the message of the prophet isn't just that the Lord is coming. The message of the prophet is get ready. <laughs> get ready. There's this preparation of hope in the message. The prophets expect that the good news they share is going to be met with some kind of excited response. Excitement of the news of the one who is coming. That excitement should get us moving. It should change us. It impacts us. Um, everybody that's ever owned a dog, you understand this response, all right? Okay, when your dogs realize that you have come home, you can be gone for five minutes, it really doesn't matter. But when your dogs realize that you've come home, they may be sleeping, they may be chewing on a bone, but when they hear your car door close, at least that's how it works in my house, they are at the front door, or if they're outside, they're at your front gate, they are ready to greet you. And they will jump on you, they'll want you to pet them, uh, they will want whatever groceries you have carrying in the house, and they are ready because of the excitement your presence brings. Well, the prophet Isaiah says in verse 4 of the passage this morning, Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. And the rough ground shall become level. And the rugged places a plain. You know, there are certain homes this time of year 
that are all decked out in Christmas decorations. You know the homes I'm talking about, right? Okay, now this isn't one from locally, but I thought it was a pretty cool picture, so I, I picked it. But have you ever wondered how long it takes to decorate a house like that? Have you ever wonder how long, how much time people spend on that? Um, I decorate my house, it's nothing like that one uh, on the screen there. And you know, I map out my decorations and I have figured out what decorations go with what power cords and all that kind of stuff. And it takes hours to decorate my house. And again, it's nothing like this one. Um, why do people spend the time that they do to do this? Now, that's really not a hard question to answer. The answer is really simple. The reason why people spend the time to decorate their houses like this is because they are really excited for Christmas, okay? They are getting into it. They are making the most of it. And you may say, that's a lot of work. Yes, it is. And the passage says, every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. Many of you have heard that passage many, many times. Have you ever considered taking that passage literally? Every valley shall be raised in preparation for the Lord coming. Every mountain and hill made low in preparation for the Lord coming because we want the Lord to have a straight shot. Have you ever thought about what that would actually take to do? What is the prophet telling us about the nature of our preparation? Um, let's just start with the South Hills, okay? How much time and effort would it take to level the South Hills? Or what if we were told that we needed to fill in the canyon? Okay, let's make it easy on ourselves. Not the whole canyon, just like 50 feet on each side of the bridge. Let's just start with that. The Lord wants a straight path across where the bridge is, okay? And so let's say that we wanted to fill in 50 feet each side of the bridge. That'd be a total of 100 feet so that the way of the Lord would be smooth as he comes to Twin Falls. It would be our preparation for the coming. Um, I actually took the time to calculate what it would take to fill in 100 feet of the canyon, 50 feet each side of the bridge, 2.8 million cubic yards, 200,000 dump trucks. That's a lot of work. And the prophet would say, yes, it is. Make a way. Get it done. The coming of the Lord requires preparation. And Jesus talked about this many times. Matthew 24, one place where he says, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Have you ever had an event kind of sneak up on you? You know, maybe it's Christmas or maybe it could be someone's birthday or a kid's graduation or some kind of anniversary when you just weren't prepared for it. And then it comes and it goes and you feel like, mm, I kind of missed it. And the significance of the event is diminished because you were not ready. Those moments haunt me because there are certain moments that come and go and you can't go back and relive them. You know, every year we go through the Christmas season, a season to remind us of an eternal hope, hope of our Savior born in a manger. 
And the significance of that event, it requires preparation. And when we don't prepare, we miss it. And we miss out on the hope it could give. We miss out on the hope that every year we so desperately need. And while 2020 was worse, is worse than most years, um, let's be honest, chaos in our lives is nothing new. Chaos is a familiar companion to many, if not all of us. It is common for us to face some kind of chaos. We've always had a need for hope, for the sense of peace that regardless of how things turn out, everything is going to be okay. There is the power of hope. The power of hope. I've said before that you need a reason to hope. For example, if you hope to get a college degree, but you don't go to class or study, that's not hope. That's called wishful thinking. Okay? You're not getting a college degree if you don't go to the class and study. But just because you go to class and and study doesn't automatically mean you're going to get the degree. But it does give you a reason, and it gives your parents a reason to hope. Verse 5 of the passage says, And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Something happened 2,000 years ago in the Roman Empire. Followers of Jesus started telling his story. From his birth to his death, his resurrection, a bunch of things in between, bringing hope to the world. And the world has never been the same. The story of Jesus' birth comes to us this season. And beginning with the prophets, foretelling of his arrival, the glory of the Lord coming as a child. And we can read about the story in Scripture. It's been passed down generation after generation after generation. Something happened 2,000 years ago on the other side of the world that gives us a reason to hope today. I love Tom's story in the video before uh, the message, how he really wanted that train set and it was like $30 in the 1940s. Um, somebody actually between services came up to me and said, well, rating for inflation, it'd be $460 today. It's a lot of money. Um, but his hope was realized that Christmas. And we all saw the power of that realized hope. Because Tom was told as a little boy, this is an expensive gift. Now you make sure that you take care of it. And he took that seriously because he still has the engine of that set today. He showed it to us in the video. That's the power of hope that a realized Christmas gift can give. Something as simple as a toy train. Romans 4 says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Hope can make us believe things that are unbelievable. Hope 
can give us the courage to take steps of faith that we don't think we can take. Hope changes everything. And the power of the realized hope that Jesus brought, it's worth preparing for as we enter this Christmas season. I pray that you realize that hope that Jesus has been bringing for 2,000 years. May you realize this Christmas season that the message of Jesus coming as a baby is a message of God saying he is for you, not against you. That God's good will is upon you that regardless of what happens, everything is gonna be okay. May you realize that hope this season. And maybe you need to jump onto the bandwagon of all the trappings of the season. Maybe that's what you need to do. Getting into, you know, putting up the tree and having fun with the decorations and, and you know, giving and receiving of gifts and appreciating the fact that you have family and friends to celebrate with. Or maybe you just need to do some reflecting. Jump more into the word of God. Read and reread and read again the story. Spending time reflecting on God's presence in your life and how he has been good to you. And experience that quiet joy of hope. The gift of hope in Jesus. It's an expensive gift. We must make sure that as we remember this gift this season and that we take good care of it and make the most of the hope that it gives us, the hope that we so desperately need as Jesus comes into our hearts this Christmas. Please pray with me. And Lord, that is our prayer. That as we enter into a season that is really familiar for many of us, that you would give us a renewed sense of the hope of the gift of your son born in a manger 2,000 years ago on the other side of the world and how he continues to transform our lives in this very moment. So Lord, I would ask that you would come and renew in all of us, give us new eyes to see the gift and hope that Jesus brings. In whose name we pray, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.